Father, in Jesus' name, pray that you would slow us down today, that we would look to you, that we would listen to you, that we would have eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts with fertile soil, Father, feet that want to run with obedience, minds that can comprehend your word. Father, I pray that today would be specifically different, that you would move powerfully different right now through the internet for those who are a part of the church and those who are not a part of the church, Father. May we have ears to hear this today. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, one of my prayers recently has been that God would break my heart for what breaks his. And yes, that's a challenging prayer, um, scary prayer. I trust God. It's, I'm not of the belief that when I ask God to increase himself on me, that that means I'm going to lose something. I might, but just because I pray that prayer doesn't mean I'm going to lose something. I'm asking God that uh, he will break my heart for what breaks his. And what I've been realizing is this, is you don't have to be a Christian for, uh, for y yourself to have a broken heart when someone experiences loss. But what about having a broken heart for people who um, don't experience loss, who just don't know Jesus? I'm praying for our church. I'm praying for myself and my family that our hearts would be broken the way that God's heart is broken. Because if we want to see a move of God, if we want to see revival take place, then what I realize is this, is if we don't have a heart that's postured before God, and if we don't have a heart that's broken for the things that he's broken for, then what's going to end up happening is we miss the point. We're never going to see the people that we walk by. We're never going to um, care about our neighbors. So we have to have this uh, broken heart. So if, if you want that broken heart as well, if you just recognize that, that your heart has not been in the same place that it should have been, then just start praying with me that God would break our heart for what breaks his. Because really what I believe is this, is this is a time for the church to rise up. God has allowed some things to happen, but this is the time for you and I to rise up and hope. Yep. All right. So I was making sure I was um, not muted. I sometimes forget to hit that button. But um, this is a time for the church to become the church. There is no way that I, I think that we should walk into the building the same way that we left. If we don't walk in with greater hunger, with greater passion, with greater surrender, then, um, then I think we're missing the point. Now, the point of COVID wasn't that. But God makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his plan. So I hope that as we return in a couple weeks, that, um, you know, we're ready to worship, we're ready to engage, we're ready to listen. We're ready to surrender everything. Amen. Just not something, everything. It's time to rise up. Will you rise up? So today we are in James chapter one again. And um, it's really interesting because James is going to hit three things in one sentence 
that are paramount to us as believers. Be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and be slow to get angry. So how many of you guys think that you do that well? How many of you guys think that your spouse does that well? How many of your spouses, just give me a like or something, how many of your spouses are slow to speak? I'm sure that Macy is not giving that like right now because I am always talking, I'm always processing. I don't know. I think you guys know that about me. But could you imagine how different our relationships could be if we actually engaged our mind before we just started blabbing? See, we find ourselves sometimes in situations where maybe you feel like you're the smartest person in the room, maybe you feel like you need to teach someone, but what we end up doing is we hear something, we don't necessarily like it or agree with it, so we just start talking. We start setting our agenda. Even sometimes we start setting our godly agenda, which godly agendas are good, but godly agendas still have God's timing on them. And sometimes we start blabbing too soon and miss God's timing. But a simple pause of consideration before we start talking. See, Proverbs chapter 17 verse 28 says this, Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. So fools can be considered wise if they just shut it. Now, that's crazy to me. Sometimes wisdom comes in just listening, and keeping our mouth shut. Much of what James is getting at in this uh, this one verse that we're going to get at today, much of what he's getting at is we need to carefully represent Christ by what comes out of our mouths. We have to remember that, that you and I are Christ's ambassadors. He tells us to walk out the Great Commission. He calls us his sons and daughters. So we represent his family where we are trying to further his kingdom. And one of the best ways to represent him is by what we say or don't say. We are his ambassadors. We do this, we, you know, we represent him by our behavior. So our tongue, what comes out of our mouth, is important. So today is the day that we quit justifying the things that come out of our mouth. We represent Christ by them. One of the most, um, I wouldn't say influential quotes that I've ever heard, but one of the quotes that I remember that someone once told me is they said, um, well, didn't tell me, they told another person in my presence, They asked this person, they said, so do you kiss your wife with that mouth? This person just had a mouth of a sailor. They justified the things that they could say. They justified um, what could come out of it. So the jokes, the language, the gossip, the talking down on someone, whatever it may be, our mouth is usually what is um, heard or seen or represents the relationship we have with Christ. I think you get the point. So let's get to James chapter 1, verse 19. All right, here we are. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Everyone. So 
this isn't just some people. This this is the seasoned Christian, the uh, mildly seasoned Christian, the new believer, even unbelievers. Everyone should be quick to listen and be slow to speak. So what I really wanted to talk about today is this, is listening. I do want to say this before we get there, though, is if you're usually the one who does most of the talking in every situation that you're in, you might have a humility problem. I'm not trying to be rude, trying to be completely honest. Now, there is a need to share Jesus. Jesus' faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And it's the truth that sets you free. So, so there does come a time where we have to be speaking. So I don't think James is talking about, hey, be quick to not share the gospel. Be quick to um, not testify of Jesus. But there does have to come a consideration with you and I of other people. Let our words be few and let our words be direct. You know, God doesn't have to speak to move powerfully. He can just do it. I think you and I can also do the same. We don't have to speak to move powerfully. Sometimes we can just listen. Now, <laughs> it's really interesting to me. I've been in many situations where I got to get something off my chest. Scripture, as we talked about last week, um, confess, confess your sins, right? And then have someone pray for you and you will be healed. There's times that I've called people. I've had some things heavy on my heart, um, on my chest, and I needed to express some things to them. So, beep, boop, 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 call them up, right? And while I'm on the phone with them, I said, hey, how are you? And they said, good. And then for the next 45 minutes, they talk about their new TV, their new PlayStation, their new car, um, the stripes that they're putting on the grass. I haven't been able to get anything in yet. And um, 45 minutes after they're done talking, they say, hey, well, dinner's done. I got to go. Left me empty handed, wanting to express the frustration that I had in my heart and the things that were going on with me, right? I'm sure that you guys have been there. And maybe you even have people in your life that do that to you. And then there's another conversation, right? Now, you're listening to someone speak to you. And the whole time that they're conversing with you, you're not really listening to their words. You're just listening to respond. You're not listening to their heart. You're simply listening to uh, defend yourself or contradict them or challenge them. You're not hearing their heart. James is telling us that we should first be listeners to take a posture of humility and hear what others have to say. But I want to take this a little bit further today. When James says we should be quick to listen, I believe that is something that we can apply to three different areas in our life. So we can apply that by listening to other people. We can apply that by listening to the Word of God. And we can apply that by listening to the Holy Spirit. So over the next several minutes, moments, um, I want to share about those three areas. So if you want to write a point down, if you want to take a note today, point number one would be listening to others is paramount. See, 
going off of what I shared last week, if no one, if no one's ever there to listen to the confession of someone else, then how can the healing take place? Again, God said, confess, confess to others, right? And you will be healed and have them pray for you. So if there's no one there to ever listen, then no one's ever getting healed. No one's ever getting set free. So what we want to do as believers is to be people who listen to other people's hearts. Have you recognized within yourself, though, that it's not natural for you to listen well? You're, not, you're usually not listening to comprehend. I don't know. Give me, give me a like or something if, uh, or some kind of emoticon. If, if, you, if you wish your spouse would be a better listener or if you wish your friend would be a better listener, I can't really see the responses right this moment, but I'm sure, um, at least within marriage, you sometimes feel like people aren't listening to um, comprehend. It takes time, and uh, it takes time to communicate better, I guess. <clears throat> but statistically speaking, um, most people listen to reply rather than listen to comprehend. So to be a good listener, it's going to take some discipline. A lot of discipline. You got to focus in. You got to throw out your other thoughts. And I would dare to say that, that many of us haven't arrived fully in that area. So let's look about when, when um, listening to others, what James, I believe, is talking about. What James is telling us is... We must listen and then be slow to speak. That's the scripture, right? I believe James is trying to share with us that we must have a servant heart towards others and not make it about us. You get to know a person by listening to them. You're, you're able to set a person free by listening and praying for them. Our primary goal should be outward focused. Slow down, hear people's hearts, and validate what's going on inside of them. I'm not saying validate sin. I'm not say, saying validate bad theology or doctrine. What I'm saying is just validate that they're going through something and that you're going to sit through them with this. I remember earlier on in marriage, um, Macy and I would go out to people's houses for ministry dinners and um, I was so happy about Jesus that, um, you know, we go there, we get there at five and it would be one and then we leave. And Macy said, how about you let someone else talk next time? And I'm like, what do you mean, woman? Like I was sharing the good news of Jesus. She's like, but, but no one else had the opportunity to speak. I'm like, you're right. So then the next week we go to another meal. I talk again and I talk again and I talk again. So I'm learning that, um, or my heart is changing, that, that there's a, a time to testify. But really what I love doing now is hearing what other people have to say about who God is, about what's going on in their life. And I think, um, I think that's important that as believers, we love our neighbor that way. We listen to them well. Don't make the world revolve around me. So... I'll even say this, each week, 
as I present the sermon or whoever presents the sermon, maybe you watch things on YouTube or podcasts or WEEC, whatever it is, whenever you engage a sermon, we're, we're called to listen first, right? But through every sermon, and even probably more at home now, because there's no accountability during church, it's, I guess, rude or inappropriate if, if you're talking during the sermon, right? But right now at home, you guys could be pouring coffee, you could be talking to your spouse, you could be um, dealing with, with a kid or loving on a kid, whatever it may be. So there's no accountability of the listening. But what I realize is this, is we are so quick to speak that even during the sermon, instead of completely listening, what we end up doing is we start adding to it. Well, I wish he would have said this, or I wish they would have said that. Rather than just listening, what we start doing is um, adding to it. And, and maybe that's educationally fine. I don't know. Maybe you learn better that way. But I think we do miss things when we're just speaking all of the time. Let's listen to comprehend, not be entertained, or grading the sermons. Like, nowadays with modern technology, church has become about entertainment. It's now the new movie theater. And if you're not loud and obnoxious and passionate, then people don't love your teachings. They would rather go somewhere else. So we have a generation that could be potentially settling on entertainment rather than truth. And what I'm saying is we need to listen to truth. I know, kind of off topic, but um, I hope you get the nugget within that little, little um, two minutes. People matter. Remember, you're not the one changing them. Sometimes, the, uh, when we talk more, it means that we don't trust that God can do His work without us. So, listen to people because they matter. We're not the ones changing them. Jesus is. So be humble and listen and speak very acutely when God puts it on your heart. Now, am I saying that you can't share a 20-minute story sometime? No. But, but God utilizes the body. We are not the body within ourselves. We are just a piece. So become good listeners of people because it's paramount. And healing takes place that way. Point number two would be this. It's paramount that we listen to the word. Listening to the word is huge. I see many scenarios in the Bible that as we read them, we try to start speaking, start changing them, right? We want to add to them. And we're not really listening to comprehend, we're listening to respond to them. So what I'm really saying is this, is when we read the Bible within our sinful nature, there's a tendency for us to want to look for the loopholes. So when we come to scriptures where Jesus is challenging a man to sell all of his possessions, our first question would be, well, is he asking that of me too? And if he is, what is enough to sell? So we're, we're trying to speak and add to the scripture too soon. Well, 
Well, God, what, what's just enough that I can sell? And when we come to scriptures, when Jesus says, follow me, then we can relate to the other guys in scripture and say, well, hey, um, God, how about, how about I join you next week? How about in two weeks I'll follow you? Jesus is done gone, right? Jesus, when he asks us to follow him immediately, he wants us to do it now. But we're always trying to speak and add and justify. When we come to scriptures like Mary and Martha, and you know, Jesus says one of those, one person did that right. And what, who, who was right was Mary. But then um, we, we're always asking to be Martha. But God, practical things matter too. We're trying to justify our actions. And when we come to scriptures about forgiving others, we say, but God, do you realize what they've done to me? Do you realize, do you realize we're always trying to add to the scriptures instead of taking them at heart? I hope I'm comprehend, or I hope I'm sharing that well enough just to say, when it comes to the word, I believe that we're speaking too soon instead of letting the fullness of the word pierce our hearts and agree with it instead of adding to it. If we want to be fruitful, we must be quick to listen and slow to add to our interpretation of the Bible or our opinion of the Bible. We want God's truth. In all of the instances in the above, you see people are trying to add to what Jesus is doing and asking. We must humbly accept God's word and not resist it. We need to quit talking about the hopeful loopholes and just listen to what God is saying in the Bible. I remember, um, you know, people teaching high school kids about, you know, there's a line in relationships, there's a line in respect to your parents, and you should live as far away from that line as you can, but our tendency is to always live as close to it or one step away from it. So, um... When it comes to the word, let's pray about it, let's listen about it, let's apply it. If we are quick to speak about the scriptures, there is a good chance that our heart will deceive us to look for loopholes. Just, <laughs> please don't hear what I'm not saying. Just spend time with the word. Spend time processing with God. Allow his word to pierce our hearts, even if we don't like it. So you don't have to like the scripture to allow it to change your heart. You just have to do what it says. And the third part that is paramount for us as we wrap up today is listening to the Holy Spirit. And what I realize is this, is, is that's really foreign for people. The idea that God speaks to you. The idea that um, he communicates. And one of the passions that God has put on my life, I felt like if God would have marked my life with a, a purpose, I, f I felt like um, 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, what Jesus said to me was, I want you to help people walk in the reality of knowing who Jesus Christ is as Lord and Savior. And to me, what that really meant was this, is Jesus is more than a God in heaven, um, in a box. Jesus communes with us each day, 
the reality of him is available to walk each day in his presence and surrender to him. That when answered prayers happen, it's not just a lottery ticket that we get lucky. But the reality of walking in a relationship with Christ is true intimacy. And that happens by listening, by valuing the Holy Spirit, and learning to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. Now, now here's one thing. If I'm talking right now, because I am, and you start talking back to me at the same time, and we both start talking back and forth, back and forth, guess what? We're probably not going to understand each other because two people are talking at the same time. If we want to um, hear from the Holy Spirit, we need to um, shut our mouths, right? We need to just listen. James is telling us to slow down, be quick to listen, and slow to speak. And what I realize is this, is you can tell when someone's been sitting at the feet of Jesus. You can like that person walks in the room and, and you just sense this anointing on their life. You sense this, you sense the presence of God on them. You can tell that that they've been spending time with Christ. There's something about different about them when they walk in. And to do that, to be in the presence of God, we must slow down and we must listen. Not always talking. The church doesn't need more opinions right now. The church doesn't need um, more people with um, telling them this or that, right? What the church needs, the American church, the world church, the um, local church, what Mechanicsburg Christian Fellowship needs right now is people who are willing to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. We can't just keep on living practically and just um, just making the next right decision. Those are good things. God gives us gifts. But there's greater revelation when we sit at the feet of Jesus and we listen to him. The church during this season, as we prepare to return, to unite as a body, we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. And when we return to church, we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. So I just want to share a story with you because um, it's really relevant to this section. But it's a lot as a confession of what's been going on in my heart for the past several years. But the other morning I was riding my bike. And um, while I was out there, it, it, it was really unique because um, there's something about movement that gets me really um, in tune with God. Sitting, standing doesn't do it. But if I'm riding a bike, running, or driving a car, I could really um, sense the presence of God. But as, as I was riding the other day, many people from the church came to my mind. So as they came to my mind, I prayed for them. This person and that person and this person and that person. And then I started to, immediately after prayer. I then went to um, God. When do you want us to return to church? How do we return to church. What does this look like? Um, what's going on? Are all these conspiracies true? Is there a conspiracy? One that's even true. You know, like I just kept on pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing, asking him about um, what's the next project at the church? What's the next outreach at the church? 
praying for family. And then, and then it's like, God, I got to study when I get home. I, I have to uh, read more about James. I have to read more about other sections of the Bible and just running, 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 talking, talking, talking. And then Macy gets home and talking, talking, talking. So I'm on this bike ride and I just saw this picture in my mind where God put his finger over my mouth and he said, will you quiet yourself and listen? Just listen. See, because during this season, what I've forgotten about is to listen. Now, I try to listen and I expect that God's going to speak to me. But I forgot because there's so many expectations that I feel like are, um, that I should be meeting, that I've forgotten just to sit at the feet of God and listen. So I'm sure that you guys can relate to that. You have to um, work with the kids. You have to love on the kids. You have to train up the kids. You have dinner. You have work. You have landscaping. You have um, other things that are uh, doctor's appointments. Just running, 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 running. Just doing the next practical thing. Never thinking that it's time for me to stop and listen to God. So when God shushed me, I listened. And, um, you know, he revealed a lot of interesting things that I needed to hear. Yet this morning, when, not this morning, but that morning when he, um, he revealed that, uh, he shared something really personal to me. And I feel like uh, this one thing, I'll share it with you. But um, there, there were multiple things that he shared. But the one thing that he shared with me was this. Is, you know, in ministry, in church land, in life within itself, you get hurt, you get offended. And in one of my uh, ministry experiences, what ended up happening is, um, yeah, what ended up happening is I just started to see Things that weren't making sense in the spirit. Um, fake miracles. Fake. Um, yeah, fake miracles. And uh, some weird teachings. And it deeply offended me because I was coming out of walking in the reality of who Jesus was. And I started to see manipulation of the spirit and manip manipulation of people to make it appear as if the spirit was moving. And then I started to be taught language about how to, how to speak of the Holy Spirit. And then it was just like everyone saw me as a raw um, young person with potential to be a leader one day. So everyone wanted to chime in and teach me and train me and teach me and train me. And being so young, I was unaware of, I guess, um, what was godly and what was not. Because some of the things that people were teaching me, they weren't unbiblical. They were really just opinions. So what God revealed to me is this. Is he said, Joey, over the past eight years, you have become apologetic for my spirit. He said, what? He said, Joey, you've become apologetic for my spirit. Well, how, God? And he said, one of my, one of my biggest strengths that I've given you is the ability to hear my voice. And communicate that to others. Yet, when you communicate it, you beat around the bush. 
And I realized that there was this offense from eight years ago that I've been living into with just influence that, that people had influenced me in to make me think that I had to beat around the bush when it came to hearing God's voice. And the fact of the matter is, God speaks, God moves, God loves. And I believe as I'm riding my bike, tears falling down my face, that i um, looking like a fool probably to the people who I'm waving at. They're like, why is this guy crying riding? It's not even cold out. But what I realized is this, is God wants to set us free. The Holy Spirit wants to set us free. We just have to listen. So what I'm going to do is over the next season, I'm going to try to not be apologetic for the Spirit. I'm going to be slow to speak. I'm going to consider my words. But I'm just going to share unapologetically what God puts on my heart. And I'm happy because I feel like things are breaking off of me during this season. But it takes place when we listen to the Holy Spirit. The following morning, I did the same thing. And, um, you know, God spoke to me again. I'm not saying that prayer isn't important because it's paramount. But what I am saying is there's times that God asks us to rest. There's times that God asks us to listen. And our inability to listen could mean that we're actually on our own agenda. James is telling us to be slow to, sp slow to speak and quick to listen. Our hearts must have a connection with God. So what does that look like to listen to God? What it means is you, you just throw everything away. You provide space within your life. You provide space within that moment to not be distracted. So if your phone distracts you, guess what? Throw it away. Cut it off. Get rid of it. If Facebook distracts you, just get rid of it. If you need to take a walk so you're not worried about what's going on at home, do whatever. The number one thing you need to do is to prioritize time with Christ each day. Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness, right? Seek first the kingdom of God. So that's what we need to do. Provide, give God 10 minutes to speak. Maybe you put on some background music. Maybe you sit in a complete silence. And here, here's how you say, this is what I did. God, as I ride my bike, will you speak to me? I'm going to try to listen. And then God just brings thoughts to your mind. God brings pictures to your mind. And then, if they're not um, anti-biblical, you just believe that you're learning to hear His voice. And then what you do is you say, God, will you confirm this word to me? It's paramount, of utmost importance, that we begin to be quick listeners and slow speakers. So you know what, guys? I think that's it for today. I challenge you this week in your relationships, within your family, and with God to be, and with the Word, sorry, with people, with the Word, or with the Holy Spirit, to be slow to speak and be quick to listen. If you want um, more ideas about how to hear the voice of God, please let me know. Comment below that you want to hear more about what it's like for me to hear the Word of God, to hear the voice of God. I would love to share those things with you come up with maybe three to five things that, that I process as I hear those things. But there's something about 
having humility before God as listeners. Let's pray and look forward to seeing you guys soon. Father, I pray that you would speak to us this week, that we would be listeners, because you're going to take it even another step next week, not just to be listeners, but to be doers. Open up our hearts to you. I pray that you would give us wisdom, Father, that you would increase yourself with us this week, that true revival and repentance would take place within our communities within our families, that we would say, today is the day I'm going to live differently for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.